Galaxy Football Podcast World Cup Edition. We're actually back. Like, we're actually back for a pod. Don't worry. We haven't gone missing. We have gone missing, but we're back. Uh, covering, obviously, the heartbreak against the French, which we are going to talk about extensively in this pod. As always, I'm joined by Jack. How are you doing today, Jack? I'm good, mate. I've got a bit of a raspy voice because I was singing Southgate, you're the one, a lot on Saturday <laughs> and it didn't help, but I left it I left it all, all there, you know. Did you leave it all out on the pitch? I did, mate. I gave everything. It's all we can ask, mate. It's all we can ask, <laughs> honestly. It's been a very... So it's going to be very sultry tones, mate, on this podcast. Lucky listeners, lucky listeners. Um yeah, it was a disappointing weekend. It's it's quite hard to get motivated for such a for such a result and to talk about it, but talk about it we shall. You know, we want to talk about maybe Southgate's future, what it's looking like for him and the squad. Is it the end of a cycle? Did we deserve to win? These are the questions that we're gonna be asking, we know you wanna hear, so um where should we start, Jack? Point us in the right direction. I don't know, mate. I was just gonna say we did fully deliberate just not even doing this podcast because yeah. we were so sad. Yeah. It's tough, man. I we might just blip it out you know? and pretend it didn't happen, but just like just move past the World Cup, you know. Just pretend it never happened. Start talking about the transfer window. <laughs> just take it from there. Hundred percent. I could talk about Bellingham moving to Liverpool for a long time. Well, we're going to segue on to that. We're going to devote like more time than we've ever done to a match, and then depending on how we feel at the end of that, we'll see if we go any further. But I'll tell you where we're going to start, or where I want to start. So going into the match, we have an unchanged four-three-three formation. I think the part that sucks the most is I was feeling good. I was like, we can do it. We can really do this. Front three of Kane, Saka and Foden. Jude, Declan Rice, Henderson. A good mix in midfield. Yes, not the best defence, but we have played well. Or they have played well. I even thought Walker versus Mbappe. You know, I was fairly confident there's one right back in world football who could, you know, keep him quiet. It would be Walker. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I honestly going into that, I thought I thought we had a really good chance, and we you know started the game, and we looked a bit nervy, and then before you know it, too many just absolutely slapped it bottom corner in the most petulant kind of way. It's just rude, it's mate. Rude. It's just rude. It was so rude, yeah. And it's actually so frustrating when goals like that happen. Where you're like, your game plan's perfect, everything's working great, you look like you're in control, and someone just scores a thirty-yard yeah, screamer. Yeah, I like, took the wind out, so you can't account for that. Like, and it's sad because the space he was in was vacated by Rice and Hendo. Just, you know, being a little closer to Mbappe, just like limiting what he could do, opens up just a tiny bit of room in the middle on that one occasion. And you just get punished. And you think like, there's no justice. It's actually no no justice. No. Like, we marshaled so many good players so well. And then Chouameni, who I'll be honest, I'm pretty sure he's never scored a better goal in his whole career. (laughs) Scores one like that? No, it was it was oh, it was like a punch to the gut. And Jude, you know, he he, he went out to him, couldn't have done any more. It's just unfortunate. Ben Foster has said that he felt Jordan Pickford could have done better with the save. I'd be keen to know what your thoughts are on that. He's got small arms, mate. That's true. Jordan Pickford has that got small arms. That is true. That actually, he's he's a T Rex man. He's just got little arms. And do you remember in the last Euros where Courtois was mocking him and saying, like, he's just a little man with little arms and he'll never be an elite goalie? Oh. Unlike me, Courtois, because I'm massive. Actually, we all got really annoyed about it. But as well. it might have been on. There is something in it 
like just being big. He was like fingertips away. You cover a bit more We're space. We're talking like a couple, yeah. a couple inches reach. Probably would have got fingertips for that. Could have tipped it around. Courtois might have just had enough. Yeah. Or like he Alexson, might, he might have just got that. I mean? Just a, a big guy. Yeah. Oh. It was a damn good shot, but yeah. it's those fine margins, mate. Like Pickford's it's never going to be an elite goalie. Yeah. I think the only like elite goalie recently who wasn't massive was like Casillas, for example. And he got more ropey as the game progressed. He certainly did. Everyone else is like pretty big. I feel like the hair might so, save that as well. One of his wonder save reflexes. Yeah, exactly. So that's a bit of a shame, really. But there's no one better than Jordan Pickford, so it was nothing you can do. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and say Nick Pope, <laughs> Nick Pope, mate. He would have saved that all the day thing is, long. Pickford did do some good saves throughout the match. I guess he, if if he was at fault for that, then maybe he's justified it or made up for it. But he, there's, there's an element of Hollywood about Jordan Pickford and the way he plays when he does his mm-hmm. saves, and you just want, yeah, you just wonder if we had a. Big lanky fella in goal, you know, a bit like how Holland have that big lanky fella who came from nowhere. He would, he would have saved do, it yeah, exactly. He would have just flopped to the right and just knocked it away or caught it. Yeah, so, yeah, that. Oh, that really did. Yeah, I wasn't didn't see that coming when that goal went in because I think other than that, France they looked threatening, but they really didn't offer much. You know, you felt like it was an even footing. We actually had more of the ball. Yeah. Which, you know, there's something has to be said about the kind of way we just pass it around the back as if we're not playing in a World Cup quarterfinal against the French. There's the lack of urgency at the Mate. back, which I just don't know who, if anyone knows how to fix with the England team. Do you know what it is, right? It's because there's not many options a lot of the time. Like, you look up and there's no why one not? there, so what do you do? Do you know what I mean? Like, just... Why not? You've got Saka and Foden on the wings. Got Jude and Declan Rice, Henderson, who you know plays. In a... Yeah, how just, can we not have options? There's just not a lot of space. I don't know. I don't know. But you actually look at it and you're like, I can't honestly see who to pass to, apart from just just keep the ball and just hopefully something will change. The thing is, like, they just sit quite deep. Yeah, the French were just sitting quite deep. Like, they're what they've got ten players in their own half with Mbappe, just like chilling up top. And then we've got, what, six in their half? So there's not really any space for any of the players. I mean, it's not it's not like rocket science, but... Yeah, I just feel like when the options are try and do a wonder pass, like a 40-yard... You know, yeah, like Van Dijk, where he just spreads it. Try and, try and do one of them, yeah. or just retain the ball and wait for a better opportunity. It's, it's inevitable, man. Yeah. Just keep the ball. Yeah, what I did notice, and I'm not... Well... I'm not going to say that this was France's game plan, for sure, but it it did seem like it. Now, throughout the match, would you say that Saka <laughs> seems more involved on the right-hand side than Foden on the left? Saka was the best player on the pitch, mate. 100%. 100%. But I reckon, and I could be wrong, the French would have preferred him on the right-hand side. Because the whole game, he played so well, and you know how much I love him, so this is no slander. But he was being doubled up the whole time and there was no overlapping fullback. And you know why I wasn't? It's because Walker was too scared to leave Mbappé in space. That's a good point, actually. He got left with a lot to do. That's he was doubled up the whole time. And you do wonder, like, Phil didn't have a big game, but if we'd played it on Phil's side, then Luke Shaw could have gone beyond him. And I'm wondering if we've just played into the French's hands there. I'm not going to give the Champs the credit because, honestly, I, I hate the French national team after Saturday. I literally <laughs> hate them. But if... I don't know. I, I I don't know. I think that's disingenuous to Saka because although he's getting doubled up on, 
He was, he was honestly so good. Wasn't he? he he could have taken on more players realistically. He uh, look, I'm getting hyperbolic because he was like, I, I wrote it in my notes. Basically, this I think this is his biggest performance so far because it's a World Cup quarter final against France. Big and game he was player, player by, by far. He's a big game player. You know, and it's like it's quite a big statement. And if you are someone who didn't sport football and didn't know anything about football, like who anyone looked like, you're like right. There's one winger in this game who's like considered maybe the best player in the world. Like he's a big friend. You would have said it was Saka. You wouldn't have said it was Mbappe. If you didn't know anything, you'd say, it's that guy, right? That's the, that's the guy you're talking about. Yeah, true. true. He was definitely the most exciting winger on the pitch. Um, mate, Hernandez was shitting himself, mate. Every time, he, you could see he was stressed early on. And it was no surprise that he gave away like all those fouls and the penalty... Exactly, mate. He's actually so good. Well, let's talk about that. I don't even know how good he is anymore. Oh, the ceiling's so high, mate. The ceiling's so high because you do. I got carried away. You do feel like top twenty players in the world. Ooh, ooh. hard to argue, really, because he does perform, and it's not always immediately obvious in stats that his kind of contribution. It's almost like you have to watch him live for ninety minutes to understand what he actually gives, and like in the context of these big games as well. So yeah, credit mm-hmm. to him. Let's talk about that penalty. I mean, he's done well to win the pen there, especially against the ref, who let's talk about as well. A ref that clearly... Yeah, we'll get on to that, mate. That's clearly like, didn't want to section. give you know, anything our way. So he had to make it a stonewall pen. Undeniable. So five minutes into the second he half, was. we're in dreamland. Harry Kane doesn't miss from the penalty spot. He never misses. And Julie, again, you know, foreshadowing, we'll come on to that <laughs> second one. But Julie noted he did bang it top left, his favourite his favourite corner. And he's obviously been visualising where he's going to put it. And that was great. We're not going to talk about the second pen yet. We're going to drag it out because, goodness me, oh my day. Yeah, there's a lot of things that I thought about during the first one and the second one upon reflection. But yeah, with Saka, I remember you said a long time ago that Saka got kicked a lot and you're a bit annoyed that Gerard said he just has to get used to it. I really saw it. I really felt it. From Honestly, why doesn't he get he fouled, mate? Absolutely. Why does? What is it? Chopped, like, what is it? And it's like a little niggle, and then another niggle, and then finally the big chop. What is it about referees not wanting to give like clear fouls against him, though? If it was like Dembele oh, or Mbappe, he'd be blue. But like with Saka, even for their first goal, arguably should have been a foul. Couldn't even say it was like a simulation a dive. Like at the very least, there's clear contact. It's just. Somehow the referees decide not to give it, and neither is VAR. VAR pussied out on that one massively, but there you go. Um, yeah, it was frustrating. Mate, it's not, it was so frustrating. It was it was super frustrating, man. Like I felt bad for him, but fair play to him. He kept going. You know, if anything, he got he just got rolled up, mate. He went into like Hulk. Yeah. Hulk, and he was like, "How dare you? How dare you try and stop me like this?" Because honestly, he was he was so so good. Yeah, it was good. And it was good. Um, I'm now honestly believing the Saka hype fully. Did you not believe it before? I think I didn't. I don't think I appreciate how good he actually is. Like when you think about like who's the best attackers in the league, there's like certain names that everyone just says, and you're like, yeah. And Saka was like somewhere in the middle between like that level and the level below. Oh, nah, nah, nah. Obviously, five star potential. Obviously, five star potential. But now I'm like, okay, maybe he's already there, and he's got the like disgusting potential now. Yeah, that's like, that's a scary thing. Best best England player along with Bellingham Foden being Yeah, I'd say he's like a he's like a wonder kid. Like he has to be in the same conversation as Foden coming out of this tournament. And Jude. 
Yeah, man. I know the edition is slightly different. Though. Three of them, mate. It's, it's, that's the future. And I think that's why, like, I don't want to say, you know, next one's the one, but I do feel like there's a bit of growing. I think Harry Kane's got one more World Cup in him just because his style of play isn't all about pace. Um, mate, if Giroud is still doing it, there's plenty of time. He's a top pro as well, isn't he, Harry Kane? So, yeah. Yeah, honestly, yeah. the future's bright. And I think Jude, actually, to be honest, actually, I'm going to be really harsh here, but I say... Declan Rice had a far better game than Jude. Declan Rice was actually really good in this game. And I hold my hands up. Because I haven't really seen the Declan Rice hype until now. But I thought he was he put in a really good performance. And he did against Italy in the Euro 2021 final. So something makes me think that he's actually a bit of a... He's a bit of a leader. Or at least he's up, he's motivated for the big games. And he doesn't feel the pressure. I think him in four years as well, he could be a bit of a monster. Alongside... You know, Jude as well. So the future's bright, but it wasn't Jude's best game. The, the future is bright. Yeah, it wasn't his best game, but overall, I'm going to give you my spiel. I think everyone had a great game, full of heart, technical ability, togetherness, and I feel happy overall with how like how we performed. Not with the result, but I feel like we dominated the world champions for long periods of that game. And that's like, I've never seen England do that. Play like the genuine best and be better than them. You know, we're usually just a bit a bit intimidated. Like against Italy, we had one shot, we scored, and then we didn't shoot. Yeah, them. agreed. Shots we were all over them. XG obviously was higher, but France are a clutch yeah. team, mate. Oli Giroud's a clutch player. We didn't take our chances. No. Yeah, and they did, yeah, man. They did. Like that second goal was just as clutch as the first one. Like true excellence from Griezmann. Like just this ridiculous, ridiculous unsavable cross. Yeah, Giroud's not missing that. And then. Giroud just heads it into Maguire. Obviously, it's Maguire, so it goes in. Yeah, it's even Maguire in the 60, like the 68 chance, didn't he? <coughs> he save from the Reese, and we had our chances. Yeah, like, you can't. Mate, we had we had loads of chances. We had that header. Like obviously, there's one glaring chance where Saka had that that cross that he just touched wide as well. Oh, there's so many yeah. moments. And then let's talk about it. You know, Mason Mount gets body checked in the box referee obviously doesn't give it <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna believe it the oh, amount of pens mate. that are given for everything anything that happens in the box you're like yeah, it was literally that, like that GBH. Was a pen. it's mental that wasn't given and like the more you watch it you just look at his eyes and he's like I'm gonna mash you up mate there's absolutely no interest in the ball nah. he, like, he doesn't even he know it is. Like, he's just like you all going mentally down prepares himself for the check and yeah just absolutely brutalises man we were in um, a bit of a dive for a pub back in Eastbourne watching the game. And I tell you, limbs were everywhere. Pints were going everywhere, mate. People were fuming at this ref by this point. Like, Yeah, mate. He he was a disgrace, to be honest. Are we just saying that, disgrace. though? I'll play devil's advocate. Like, Are we just feeling like that? Because we so, were the losing end of it. I mean, he did give two pens at the end of the day, didn't he? We... We are definitely salty, but also he didn't give them in the moment. He was recommended to go look at them because he made mistakes. And, like, he was letting a lot of things go. Like, Saka would get fouled and he wouldn't give it. But then he'd give the next one. Then he wouldn't give the one after that. Like, he was just he was just a joke. He was just a joke guy. And you could tell, like, he was out of his depth. I don't know who he is, but I, if, this is, if this is honestly, like, the top four best referees in the world... This guy, we're so fucked. 
We're all fucked. Football's fucked. And we need to pay referees a lot more money. We do. I... Who is it? I don't, I don't know where he officiates, but I've heard... And I don't know. This is on Twitter. Who knows with football Twitter, but... Michael Oliver's gone home, and this guy's been kept in for the semis. Makes you wonder, doesn't it? You're like, what the fuck? You actually bring this guy back in? For real? Oh, my days. What the hell? Wouldn't surprise me. He was that. honestly so bad. Yeah. He was so bad. I think bad. the officiating's been good in this tournament, apart from... What was Argentina and the Netherlands? Who was the Spanish referee? He's <laughs> just lost it. Yeah, mate, he's been sent Ooh, home in disgrace. Oh, I actually recognise that yeah, guy. So do I. I've seen yeah, him in the Champions he's League. He's rubbish as well. Every time I see him, I'm like, oh no. You know what? He might have he might have ref the Champions League final. Actually, thinking about it. Don't know, mate. But that might be why I remember him. It was a shocker. It really was. <laughs> this guy again. But yeah, man. Man. I think we are salty, but I do think this ref was uncharacteristically bad. And I do think it just it just wound everyone up. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Would have rather have lost fair. And that's like. Of course. That's like not. That's not. That's not fair. In the sporting term, that like. Without meaning to, he is affecting the mental state of the whole team, of one of the teams. You know, he's like changing the outcome of the match without meaning to, because what he's doing is so, like inept. Yeah, yeah, we were losing our heads by that point. I, w- I wonder if that contributed to the absolute debacle that happens afterwards. I mean, Jude was actually arguing whether it should have been a red card. Because he was the last man, technically. Um, but it wasn't a clear... Sh- I-, I can understand yeah. why it might not have been. I mean, it's definitely a good shout, because we've seen red cards given for that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it wouldn't have made a difference probably in the end, mate, but... No, no, but you just... <sighs> these fine oh, margins when you get right. so close it's upsetting yeah. right let's talk about Harry Kane's second penalty man because man. should we just okay, live in well, an alternate universe what... where that just didn't happen and we lost 2-1 and fair enough like I mean the video doing the rounds of Harry Kane and Johnny Wilkinson exchanging tips on how to do penalties as like a joke for comic relief oh no it's not age well man that oh, video no. Because literally the whole video just ends up with Harry Kane just booting <laughs> out of the, just out of the out of the park basically. Wilkins is like, yeah, that's how you do it. Look, give me, yeah, give, me, your give me proper foreshadowing because I certainly have my own thoughts on this. Well, we might have the same thoughts because my main thoughts are what you said about his technique that he pre-plans where he's going to put it, and so he he was in this conundrum where he'd already pre-planned and executed his plan. So then he was left in some sort of free-form penalty well, nightmare. Mate, that was literally what I thought as well, to a word. That yeah. is exactly what I thought happened. He got the first one. He'd been, he'd been mentally prepping that. Second one, didn't dream of getting two pens and just didn't know where to put it. Tried, yeah, I think that's what happened, you know. You know what I was screaming yeah. at the TV? Just p- clip it down the middle. I've seen him do it against Arsenal. I think in the most recent North London derby. He does a little clip down the middle. It's safe. You know, goalie's not going to stand mm-hmm. there at 2-1. But he's, he's trying to place it. And I think for me, that is a bit unforgivable. He's he's fucking David Beckham did it in 2004 against Portugal. It is it is pretty hard to take considering how rock solid he is. But then this yes. is an interesting thought because now we know if we ever get in this situation again, we need to have a proper plan in place. It needs to be a different guy, and he needs to take it, and that's fine. I just feel because, like Harry yeah. Kane, like it's Harry Kane, mate. 
But when's like he's never done that against Arsenal? I'd love to see him do that against Arsenal. Like, why has he done that? It's just. Oh, I, bl- I blame I Spurs. I blame Spurs. It's their fault. I blame. I blame. Yeah, I blame Spurs. I blame Harry Kane being such a fucking freak of nature scoring machine yeah. that when he's asked to stop being a machine and be a, be a real human, can't do it. I think it's... Everything's got to be practiced. It's quite surprising to see him just, like, rattled, to be honest. Harry Kane from the penalty spot, I, like, never. He does balloon a couple, to be fair. Or, let's face it, he does miss them. But it's just... He takes so many. He just thinks to himself, like, guys, oh, you know what? I'm just reliving it in my head, and I was so sure we were going to go to extra time and go on to win it. Same, mate. I really did. Like I was arm in arm with my mate Evie, and I was like, "Harry Kane doesn't miss." That's what I said. As I'm sure everyone says, everyone said around the whole world. And what a bunch of mugs we are now, eh? As usual. But then I think like two penalties, you know, like against France, like that does feel quite lucky already. I know, I know, but that's what I mean. Like, even though they are both justified, these, these are like... the fine margins. At the end of the day, we've been given like a, a lifeline. We had to take it. Yeah, and that was the moment. Like, that's what separates us from France. Is like we don't take those moments, and it's just frustrating, man. Really frustrating. It's super frustrating, and we can't get away from just being this sort of set piece team, no matter what we do. I mean, you look at France's goals. Who in our team? is scoring either of those goals or creating those goals. Like, that's where the gap is. Is that even when they're not playing that well, they've still got the capacity to just, like, score goals at will. Like, from totally random things. Well, us, it's, like, it's very methodical. It's very process-driven. We don't have much creativity still. And it's okay, because we don't. But it just shows that even with two pens, we still couldn't beat France because we couldn't score a fucking goal from open play. Yeah, I mean, that's that's how it's going to be remembered. That's how it's going to be remembered. So let's talk quickly before we move on. Well, not quickly, let's drag it out. But let's talk about Southgate. I'm going to give you my views, just because I don't want to be corrupted by your thinking in case you convince me. But my gut tells me that we should keep him, at least for another two years. And <coughs> I... I don't know wow. if you... Yeah, I mean, okay. you probably weren't expecting that because I have been quite negative about him. But, yeah, I think we can still really be negative not, I... about him but still recognise the progress that he's making with the squad. And I just don't know if the story's done yet. Could be wrong. But after Roy Hodgson and everyone else that preceded him, yeah, I don't know. This is the best think... thing we've ever had. Yeah. It's the best we've ever had. And I totally agree with you. I guess it's like... My personal opinion is I don't actually mind because he's, he's gone some way to convincing me that he can change because he was 4 3 3 the whole time, mm. you know? And he had faith in like Rashford and Maguire, and we were like, you're a fucking moron. <laughs> like, what are you doing? And they were all, they were both really good. I know Maguire was, it's Maguire, but compared to like the, the Maguire that we all thought was coming, this was like a pretty good version, much better than we were all expecting. And he's obviously brought the best out of him. And, like, everyone likes England again in England. Like, we enjoy the football. We're doing quite well. Yeah. Not amazing. So there's a lot of positives. And I think whatever happens, his legacy is a good one and a positive one. Um, contract's up to 2024, so we could give him one, the last year and a half to just run with it 
see what he can do. But then, at the same time, squad is looking real good. And a year and a half under, like, Pochettino or Eddie Howe or someone else who's, like, on the up. I don't know. That might be the difference we need to actually win something. Can't always be a sentimental choice. You know, like, where Southampton got rid of Nigel Atkins or... Leicester got rid of Nigel Pearson. You know, like, sometimes you just have to look at what's actually out there. And not whether they're doing a good job, but could you get someone infinitely better? Yeah, but you could say... Because you treat it as a transfer. You could say, for example, Louis, Louis Enrique. Gone into this, this World Cup as probably the most high-profile manager. You know, he's a top-level manager. He's won the Champions League. He's won, he's won, the, he won the treble Barca. Fair enough, he had Neymar, Messi and Suarez in his prime. But... We're talking <laughs> supposedly top just, level, yeah. He's a nice haired fraud, mate. <laughs> Can't win anything without Messi. Well, you know, there's something to be said for that. But do you know what I mean? Like, we probably would have said, put, mm-hmm. said he would be an upgrade on, on Southgate, but arguably we've had the better results. We, we, it's not even hard, but we've had the better results in Spain. No, definitely he's achieved more. I mean, obviously, there's so many differences to what I'm saying, but I just feel don't be careful what you wish for England fans in regards to Southgate because he's done tremendously well. I, I, yeah, and I, I know what you mean. He's he's unified it, and he is he does get it. Just because he's not a good club manager doesn't mean he's not a good England manager. I think he's an exceptional England manager in terms of the overall politics. But just trying to think, would I prefer someone else based on whether they'd say yes? Like, like Poch. Eddie Howe's Eddie Howe, mate. Eddie Howe's yeah, playing the best football outside of Man City. Arsenal, and he's doing it with, like, fucking Dan Byrne, mate. So imagine if he just brought Dan Byrne and those vibes into the England camp. Like, attacking football, great pressing, and defensive resilience. Just, like, I know it's not a guarantee, but you know he what I mean. He could do it, though. He could FM it and do both <laughs> No chance. I would take Poch. I wouldn't be disappointed. I don't know if he'd be an upgrade, though. I don't know. I don't know. It would be interesting, because yeah. he does like to play a style of football that isn't very suited to internationals, because you don't have time to implement it. And he'd 100% bring Deli Ali back into the fold. Yeah, been that, to be fair. Absolutely fucking not. Then I'm like, maybe like maybe not Tommy too cool. I know he always blows up, but maybe international football would suit him, you know? Don't have to worry about all the transfers and all that stuff. Too many games, very like flexible tactically. Not a great attacking coach again, so it might not be that different. I feel like he's just a little further than Southgate. Might be a nice like evolution. Yeah, yeah. So what? Southgate in or Southgate out? I just don't mind. Yeah, I don't you can't mind. sit on the fence. I actually have. I actually really don't mind. I think if he goes, probably the right time. And if he doesn't, one more. I really don't mind. Oh, that's and a bit boring. Come on. Hot take. He's got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get rid there of him, mate. Go. Thank you very much. <laughs> He's a loser. He's never won any trophies. He's had uh, the best England squad You know, we years. joke, but that is a really weird stick to beat him with that. The idea that because he hasn't won. Mm. I see people I hear people saying their argument is, right, is, you know, he's the best... He's the sorry. This is the best squad that we've that we've had, and we should be achieving more. But I would I would argue that's not even the case. I would say that the golden generation squad, man for man, was a better squad. So 
Hundred percent. Yeah, so I, I don't really understand 100%. the criticism at all, to be honest. At this point, I mean, people. I mean, arguably, he's made it a world-class squad on paper. Because I mean, like Calvin Phillips was not doing loads. It's only because of his performance at the Euros, really, that he probably got that Man City move. Even if it hasn't worked out, like he's elevated a lot of these players. Mm. He does make them better, and they do seem to really enjoy playing with him. Yeah, it's the mental aspect we've got to get over. To be perfectly honest with you, that's the last. That's the last bit. I feel like mentally we've got a block. We just go within ourselves against the big team. We shit ourselves a little bit. Yeah, it's a tough one, but it's good credit to him that for once we're not calling for the England manager's head after going out. I think that's the first time I've ever seen that happen. Yeah, well, I've got a feeling he might walk. You know, I've got a feeling, but. I actually hope that's not I think he would. I think he I think he'd sense the room. He wouldn't outstay his welcome, I don't think. Mm. He's a good He's lad. He's a good lad. He's a good lad. I now want him to stay. I've thought about it. I like this. Actually no. No. Oh no. Fucking get, oh, he's got get rid of him, mate. Get rid of him. <laughs> get rid of him. He's he never plays Trent. And that's not okay. It's not okay, mate. Too fair, yeah. He has he has to find a way. To integrate Tread. Because, like, we're screaming out for a bit of creativity. I know we would have got absolutely mashed against France, but find a way to make it work, you know? That's your job. Find a way to have creativity and solidity in perfect harmony. Fair. Fair. I'm going to take that. I think that's fair enough. Um, should we take a quick break? Let's take a break and then we might come back, we might not. <laughs> I guess I have to wait. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And we are back. We're just messing with you. We're obviously coming back. Although, beyond this point, who knows? (laughs) We are a prem... (laughs) Pod, okay, and Winter World Cup, mate. It's very tiring for you know a lot of teams out there, and our squad has been decimated by injuries. And so, who knows? Maybe, maybe we're out. Maybe, like England, we'll bow out the quarterfinals. We really don't know. Yeah, we're not promising on the semis, but we'll do a roundup before we go back to the Prem, just for continuity purposes. One hundred. All right, let's keep going anyway. So Morocco won, Portugal nil. So good, man. Obviously, everyone already knows all this stuff, but just to preface it, Morocco are now through to the semi-finals of the World Cup for the first time ever. They are the first African team to ever achieve this, and they set up a really nice historical, political clash with France, really, which could define a lot of things. I feel like there's going to be a lot of burnt cars, potentially in that scenario because there's obviously quite a lot of like commonality between Morocco and France but also a little bit of a divide in terms Mm. of the kind of separation of how they exist in France so it sets out to be a juicy one an interesting one but yeah it's quite difficult to comprehend like how big an achievement it is when you think it's an entire continent have never ever done this well you know it would be like I don't know I guess for us it would be like if freaking I don't know, Japan won the fucking World Cup or something, or got to the final. It's quite hard to comprehend. But, 
Yeah, the fact they've only conceded one goal and it was a deflected goal against Canada in the entire tournament just makes it even more crazy and ridiculous. So they can probably win the bloody thing at this point because they've dumped out Spain and Portugal and I don't think they need to fear France at all. And yeah, it's just pretty ridiculous. Yeah, oh, I, pretty, I, I think that's a good summary. Um, we've got nothing to fear, Morocco. Because uh, no. on top of Spain and Germany, they've also beaten Belgium in the tournament, haven't they? Yeah, so think, they've actually had the hardest route, realistically. Yeah, of course. You know, what's France at the end of the day? Like, go out there, give it your all. Just um, working their way through Western Europe, mate. I'm glad we don't have to face them, because they've all beaten us, probably. And then the shame, you know? We would have struggled yeah. with that more. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. They're doing fantastically well. And first African team to, to reach the semi-finals of a World Cup. You'd love to see it. Definitely mm-hmm. a World Cup for it. Um, and a really exciting squad. I'm not going <coughs> to sit here and say I I know many of them. Yeah, maybe I know two or three. Amrabat, Hakimi. But beyond that, I haven't got the foggiest. But they really play good football. Bufau as well. Sorry, I recognise him. But Oh, yes, mate. You can see them causing problems for France. They more than match Portugal. I'd say they were probably better than Portugal. They were. Like, they did regress as the game went on and started to just defend in a, in a very, very low block as Portugal got more and more desperate. But, like, I mean, their goalie is, like, exceptionally good right now. Arguably, he made a couple of, like, world-class saves. But, like, they felt relatively comfortable in their sort of manic last dis- defending. It was kind of controlled. It was a bit like Burnley, you know? Where, like, it feels like they're getting peppered, but they're kind of okay with it. This is kind of what they were playing for. And they just back themselves, don't they? Like, Portugal were just lobbing balls in 24-7. They brought Ronaldo on the 55th minute, which I thought was very knee-jerk. Changed the whole game plan, just start chucking crosses in. And, yeah, I think it was just a bad move, man. And they've got, like, Yao Felix and uh, Rafa Leal, and he's kind of really exceptional dribblers and tricky players that they didn't just try and take more people on, you know, like get to the byline, cut it back. They just kept just knocking it in or taking pot shots and it kind of suited Morocco. Morocco got a bit yeah. lucky, but make your own luck, don't you? Yeah, but I don't think the goal was luck. Like, he, he was a proper leap on that. Oh, no, not the goal. The goal was yeah. fucking crazy, man. The goal was crazy. When you look at it, you're like, goodness me. Mate, honestly, like the, the still image of like him at the peak. I honestly don't think I've ever seen anyone apart from Ronaldo jump jump that high in football. No, I don't. I don't know if that's like possible. Well, obviously, it's possible, but like, do you reckon he's known for that? Or do you think it was just like a? I have no idea. Him? Like trajectory was just there. He just flew for a second because it's crazy he, off the ground. It's just part of the fun, it? The fact that he can even direct a header down from that height is mental. Actually, if you think about it. Yeah, that he's not only made contact, he's got over it. He's headed down over the goalie's head, who's also jumping. Yeah, like what? It's actually a joke. With his arms as well, the goalie. Yeah. How high is he? Is he like ten foot off the ground? Like when he makes contact. Something like that. Something must be. It must be. That's actually disgusting. It's disgusting, isn't it? I don't understand. And yeah, it's interesting to think if he's known for that, or this is just a thing that's never happened before. And he's just suddenly jumped, like, yeah. Like he's just yeah. broken a world record. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. And that's it, you know. Portugal had no answer. 
Do nope. you think they can do it against France? I think they can. I think the key battle will be in the midfield with the best midfielder in the world, Sofiane Amrabat. What a player. Fucking amazing at football. He's literally, he's just dominated Portugal's midfield and Spain's midfield, basically on his own. And he's just like, he's, you know, like some players like Xavi, they just run the game. They're like, yeah. we're going to go faster, we're going to slow it down. We're going to take the pressure off. We're going to put the pressure on. He's just like orchestrating the whole thing. And there's this yeah, guy. He was really impressive, that. He was. He was. Like, no one can touch him. No one can get the ball off him. Like, he's just like, you know, he's like prime Chavi on Modric at the moment. He's fucking crazy. And yeah, he's 26 and he plays for Fiorentina. So I imagine there's a lot of Champions League clubs who are looking at him right now. Yeah, I mean, he... He's going to come out of this World Cup with a lot of credit, I reckon. I reckon mm. he, he's going to get a big move. You think so? He's definitely seen, someone that's... I've seen Liverpool links, eye. mate, already. Because obviously we're looking at midfielders. and He just doesn't quite fall in the bracket of being young, cheap, or like just worth all the money. He's kind of like straddling all three. So you think mm. like now his price is getting too high because he's getting too good too quick. But who knows? Who knows? But yeah, who it's, knows? it's astonishing. But yeah, Credit I bloody love it, mate. Yeah, I just yeah. bloody love it, mate. The unity. They're all in it together. ZH is tracking back. Sofian Bufal is playing like fucking Eden Hazard in his prime. Like, they just love it. They're all playing for each other. They're all playing for their country. And like, we don't even talk about Hakimi. That's how, that's how much of a team effort it is. That he's honestly like the third best player. In this tournament for them. Oh, Hakimi. He's so good at right back, you know. Again, I don't watch Hakimi week in, week out because he's at PSG. So, you hear, obviously, you know he's pacey and you know he's elite. But, he, you know, beyond that, you don't know much about him. But the footwork, the it's the close control. He brings out of tight spaces and, you know, sets up a counter. <coughs> he's so integral to that Morocco team on the right-hand side. So, yeah. Mate, he's exceptional. Yeah, good team. He's got to, be, got to be the best in the world, really, in his position. Because it was a sort of shootout with him, between him, Trent and Kimmich. And where are they? Where are they? They're at home. And he's still here. So, yeah, man, he's really good. Um, I feel like I have to issue a second apology to uh, Bono. thought his name was Boonu, so my bad. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't familiar with your work, in the words of Shaq. And I apologise, because he is literally... He's he's the best goalie in this tournament now, really, isn't he? Put some respect on his name. I didn't realise he'd won um, goalie of the year at Sevilla last season, so I guess this isn't new. But yeah, man, there's just a lot of Moroccan players who are just surprising me, and you almost feel like, and this is definitely I've got to be careful how I phrase this. But you know, like with Scotland, where there's a kind of like bias towards what you assume Scottish players play like, so they don't cost as much money. Like, you don't assume they're technically that good. I do feel like there's still an unconscious bias with, like, Arabic players or, like, Northern African countries where we're not seeing that they could be, like, truly world-class players because it hasn't really happened, you know? We haven't really seen it, to believe it. There's, like, little pockets, but I feel like we've underrated a lot of these players as to how good they are. And if they were, like, French, for example, we would have probably not made the mistake as much. Yeah, no, you know, going into the next game, nothing to lose. And that's going to be a real threat to a France team who 
are going to go in overwhelming favourites into that match. But I reckon it'll be a lot closer than you think. So let's see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, right. Croatia won. Brazil won. Uh, Croatia, mate, they just keep doing it. They actually keep doing it. They are like, that team. We both said Brazil were going to win this game. And yet, yeah, you know, they were like, these are like the old men. The old, weary men who've been at war for like eight years, you know. And all they want to do is come home and just have like a good night's rest. And they've just come off the back of like, what, another extra time of penalty win? And it's just like, they've just fucking done it again. 240 minutes of football in like five days for these 30-somethings. And they beat in Brazil, the favourites. It's actually a joke. It's a joke. So at this point, I think they might actually be the favourites now because I just can't get my head around it anymore. No. No. It's weird with Croatia. We spoke about it in a pod that never got released. <laughs> but the they are the team. Mate, honestly, when we start doing that paid that paid bonus content, you guys are going to be like, wow, that was such a good pod. I really wish I'd heard that at the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a good one to be fair, but life, guys, life. But we were saying that Croatia is one of the most adaptable teams. Well, it seems like they're one of the most adaptable teams in... Um, in world football and certainly in this World Cup um, Brazil dominated the ball for a lot of it but Croatia can always bite you in the arse they're quite happy for you to have the ball but they're quite happy to have the ball too they're just so hard to read and dare I say it they might clutch their way all the way to the final you feel like they could give Argentina trouble because they are so unpredictable of course they can they just clutch Brazil I mean you feel like fatigue is going to catch up with them at some point but maybe it's not Maybe they're just on like this mission, and when it you know when it's over, then they'll all collapse. But until then, they just seem like they're possessed, and yeah, they're just horrible. They're just unpleasant. They're awkward to play against. They just feel like they're like that wily, old like martial artist who does like drunken monkey style. You don't really take it seriously, but it just it just beats you, and you're like, huh, I don't really understand it, but like I just can't I can't do anything about it. And no, they the just, goal they just never stop. so kind of sucker punchy after Neymar's absolute wonder goal. You didn't yeah. think written in the stars. I mean, yeah. Let's talk about Neymar's goal because it was really special. And it might be the last World Cup for Neymar. It was just pure Brazilian samba, wasn't it? It was just so nice. It just felt like the only team who would score that is either Messi or Brazil. I mean, that goal... Oh. Oh, it deserved to be the winner. And I'm no massive Brazil fan. I don't see it as a major loss to the tournament. It's quite nice, to be fair, to see that it's going to be a, a new winner. Yeah, it's not mm-hmm. like, apart from France. But, yeah, I can't take away from that goal. That was unbelievable stuff. Took it on the turn. You just knew he was going to burst into the box once he made that, that quick pass. And the 1-2 was, was brilliant. And then just the kind of presence of mind to just delay and kind of do the keeper with his eyes almost. And just basically <coughs> slot it in. It was, yeah, it was a proper goal. That don't take it away from him. He must have thought he won it, and that was his mistake. Yeah, but then like you know, even their goal, just a deflected long shot. It's just oh, they're honestly they're they're in danger of clutching it. But I think most of the credit should go to their goalie, um, Livakovic, who. Arguably put in the best goalkeeping display of the entire tournament, and he's not someone I've ever heard of before. So it's always interesting. Like, he made 11 saves, 
not including the penalties for most of the tournament. Mm. And like just throughout the game, like he was just making save after save. Like there were some shots that have hit like the inside of his calf, you know, and then just bounced away. Yeah. And you're like, nine times out of ten that just goes through his legs. But on this occasion, it's just it's all just working out, isn't it? You think like on another day this could have easily been three 0 to Brazil before, you know, just within the ninety minutes. It's so many shots. Like this guy made eleven saves. Think about that. That's eleven shots on target. That doesn't include the other ones that weren't on target. No. No, I agree. Um It's a weird one. It's a weird one. Levakovic as well. What a player. Top goalkeeper and FM legend, mate. Do you remember him from the older saves? No, mate, I've never heard of him. I've never Levakovic. heard of him. Oh, no. maybe he wasn't you did... Nah, FM twenty oh mate, he was Absolute legend, like one of the starting keepers that always come off. It's so weird seeing them come good as well. You just like fair enough. Oh, is he? So he's he's, he's okay. a Dynamo Zagreb boy, off the conveyor belt. Uh, yeah, I did see that. Twenty-seven. He's good age as well. But yeah. I've literally never heard of him. But I have now. Hmm. What did you think about the penalty shootout? Just ruthless efficiency, really, wasn't it? As always from Croatia, just. Smash the first one down the middle. I was like, of course, classic. What else would they possibly they do? The Did they smash the second? No, that was Morocco. I'm getting confused, actually. That's... Yeah, so they smashed the first one down the middle and the second yeah. one just hard left. But they just smashed all of them. And then, yeah, yeah like... they look like losing. Brazil just looked shakier. Did you hear the, see the controversy about Neymar or not? Yeah, actually, yeah. Not I want to ask your opinion about that. Like, What do you think about that? Because common wisdom has always been to have your best penalty taker at number five. That was, like, generally accepted advice. Was it, though? I think so. I'm pretty sure it was, like, a pretty normal thing to do. But then it happened with... I think it happened with... Yeah, it happened with Salah, I think. For Egypt, maybe. And I just, just feel like... get to take it. It's quite risky, isn't it? Yeah, because in the end, like, if one of your teammates misses, you're at risk of not even being able to take a pen. And then the whole thing's redundant. It does swack a little bit of, like, I want the glory pen. Yeah, Which it does. Feel it's, like you can't be that presumptuous. It's just a strange one because the pressure does the pressure rise or is the first one the most pressure? Are they all the most pressure? How do you even measure it? I feel like you know if they if they'd won, you wouldn't have said anything, even if you didn't take one. But obviously, it's because nah, it's lost, didn't they? So, but yeah, maybe moving forward, just put your best ones first and just don't worry about the fifth one. Deal with that when we come to it. Well, oh. should we cover the last game? As you know, I want to make one more point because we might oh, yeah. not get two again. The Croatian midfield is actually insanely good. Like, if you were making like a combine, you know, like people like make those jokes about like the perfect, the perfect guy, for example, and they have all the ingredients. This is literally like the perfect midfield. Like you've got like Modric, with all the creativity and forward passing and just general silkiness. You've got Kovacic, who's like the ultimate ball carrier. He's just like, he's just a shuttler, mate. He's just relentless. Up and down. Uh, mm. What's it called? Mizzale? Mizzale? That role. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. A little shuttler. Yeah. And then you've got Brozovic, who's just an absolute destroyer, ball winner. You think like, how the fuck have Croatia, I know we said this a few times, but how has this tiny nation produced like three genuinely world-class players who all complement each other perfectly 
and then make them all peak at the same time for this World Cup. Like, what the fuck is that about? How does that happen? Because it is, it is the best midfield, because I thought the best midfield was Spain's, dominated Spain's. So, I don't know anymore. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? It's a bit of a weird one. But it's, it's like, it's better than, arguably it's better than Brazil's midfield, it's better than France's midfield, because it is honestly perfect. Like, the only, only caveat is that they're all on the wrong side of 30. But, well, Kovacic is not, but, you know, Modric and Gosvich are. But they not, doesn't seem to make any difference. They think no. they're getting better. So, it's maybe like, honestly, this is a hot take, but maybe, just maybe, it's like the top three best midfields in world football right now. In club and country. Because I am struggling to think of any that are as good in a one-off game. It's a good point. There must be something in the Aegean Sea that makes Croatians just these evergreens of football. <laughs> Arguably, their peak should have been 2018. But Modric's still going strong. Perisic's still going strong. Yeah, mate. Um, it's scary. But yeah, I just wanted to say that because it's just blowing my mind, really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I want them to win. That's the thing, because then I'll, I'll even look at this. Actually, I do want them to win, because I think of the teams left, anyone but France is the men right now. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be Morocco. And then failing that, yeah, Messi, Argentina, that's a story, that's a vibe. But yeah, France, rock bottom. France don't need to win it. That's boring. Like, let's have someone new win it. It's got to be Morocco or Croatia. I think. No, I do agree. I do agree. I do agree. However, I wouldn't mind Messi winning it because I think that'd be quite a cool end to the story before he slowly declines. And so, yeah, Netherlands 2, Argentina 2. The Messi story continues. Uh, my overriding thought was that he's actually playing in his first ever Argentinian team where it's just balanced, like, and he can just play without, like, everyone just passing him the ball and expecting him to do stuff, like... They've got a decent goalie. They've got a very like decent back three. The midfield's quite nice and balanced. Like none of them are amazing, but they're all just kind of like solid workhorses or just absolute choppers. And then Alvarez is just a very lovely selfless forward. So it's like instead of all these sort of selfish strikers, which is all we've ever thought about Argentina, there's just this really nice mid-table solid core now. And mm. yeah, he just kind of can just look forward and just be a playmaker. And make things happen. He doesn't have to like stress that they're going to concede every time like the ball turns over. I think he's just all set up nicely, and he seems to get on with the manager as well. He just seems happy, Messi, doesn't he? He just seems happy right now. He does. I mean, that team is literally as it should be, to be fair, but perfectly built around him now. Yeah, um, exactly. It's never happened before. No, no. I feel like the team probably is the most balanced, arguably, but more balanced than it has been. You know, defenders, fair enough, they've still got Otamendi. Don't know why or how he's still playing at this level, but they're doing bits, but the midfield <coughs> looks stronger. I think they've got some good prospects. Enzo Fernandez is a good player. and Very good player. Um, who else do they have? Goodness me. I've literally lost McAllister. Oh, McAllister. Yeah, Rodrigo de Paul. Yeah, he's a good player. They've got a good enough team, and if you've got Messi's magic... And they have relied upon that magic throughout the tournament. Then it's it's a good recipe, and 
It's a very good recipe. They could, they could easily win it, couldn't they? They could easily win it. Of course they could. Of course mm. they could. Because I mean, like, yeah, Messi was just he was he was having one of those days again where his assist for the first goal was actually it was like one of those disturbing passes where it's not possible until it's possible, but then it's already happened, you know, mm. and everyone doesn't doesn't quite comprehend what's just happened, and there's a goal. And you're just like, that wasn't on me. That pass was fully not on, but he's made it happen anyway. And I was watching the slow-mo, and like, it doesn't even look for like five seconds. He's just head down. And I was thinking like, either he just knows where it is already, because he checked earlier, or he's doing it on purpose, because he doesn't want anyone to know what he's thinking. So he's like doing like a no-look pass, blind, because he backs himself so much to just put it in the right place. By the way, it's just, it's just mad, isn't it? It is quite mad. It is quite mad. You see the pass for the um, for the actual goal as well. It's absolute filth. Absolute filth from Messi. It doesn't even look. It's just that's what, mate. That's what I'm talking about. Are you <laughs> are you just copying what I'm saying? Oh, mate, I'm really sorry. It kind of cut out a little bit, and I just I tried to make up the gap. I, you're sorry. <laughs> uh, don't worry. But, I mean, I, I can't I go through it blame. again. That's my bad. But, yeah, that's all right. But you know, echo, echo. Um, moving forward, I guess. Um, what do you want to talk Faux about? Faux what part. do you want to talk about? Wild, well, Wild's Wake Horse, maybe? What was that? Can you not hear me very well? No, no, I can, sorry. No, I just missed that one. Um, I was going to say, Wild's Wake Horse, mate. The absolute fucking unit that he is. What about oh, that? Yeah, I mean, the, oh, there's so many talking points in this particular game, but yeah. Saw a tweet saying something like Netherlands need two goals and they're bringing on Weghorst. Laughing face, laughing face, laughing face. Obviously, he went on to score two. Look who's laughing now, mate. Scenes. Ballsy as well. I did think, you know, like once they got that second goal, quite easily see them dumping <coughs> never, um, Argentina out, especially if it went to pens. But they kind of folded in the pens. I feel like the pens has been a real disparity. Like there's always yeah, one team that mentally looks on top by that point that you just look more likely to win. You can almost 100%. predict it in a way just from the way that the first penalty takes taken. So, yeah. Honestly, I just love it, mate. I love it mm. as a story arc. Like, he got booked while he was still on the bench. That's how much of an absolute shit house he is. Got booked in like the 30th minute. I don't know why, but he just got booked for dissent or something. I mean, this was this game was marred by terrible, terrible officiating. So, yeah. Was so it like, like 14 yellow cards or 15 yeah. or so? Mad. He's like, like oh, he's dude. on a yellow. He comes on, he scores a good, a really good header, and then like from the kickoff, he like runs at Messi, and he literally he just gives him like a little, just a little jab in the stomach, <laughs> and you think like, bro, you're you're playing a dangerous game here. You're gonna get sent off in a minute, and then he scores a winning goal or well, the equaliser. Oh, you just think like, I don't think I've ever seen such a dramatic cameo. Yeah, and that's because he's six for eight, bad blood, you know, definitely yeah. some bad blood between the two teams. It's pretty mad, isn't it? I mean, yeah. What was it? Was it 18 yellow cards? Is that what, is that what you said? I think it's 18. 15. I think 15. Doesn't really matter. Too many. Considering there was no red card. It's a bit of a joke, isn't it? Oh, no, there was a red card. There was a red card for uh, Denzel Dumfries right at the end. Because uh, basically what he did was he went over to Enzo Fernandez while he was going out to take his penalty. And he was just trying to put him off, giving him the big one. And it worked. Because Enzo Fernandez missed his penalty. So he got sent off. For a second oh, yellow. I missed that. 
I, I did enjoy the melee. Van Dyke coming in with a big body slam. Oh, I don't really understand God. how the Argentinian player didn't get sent or at least carded for booting a ball into the bench. Yeah, I guess I there's know. no specific rule for that, but you do think that might be a yellow card offence if booting the ball away in descent is a yellow card. Well, yeah. And you think Quite like hard. taking your shirt off is a yellow card. Like, many things are a yellow card. So surely that is definitely, maybe even a red, because it's just intentional. But yeah, I did enjoy that. Just the absolute chop from Van Dyke. Just body checking him. Those things make me laugh. It was good, yeah. It was it was a it was probably the most zesty, wasn't it? Defo. There was no respect, no respect to the end between the two teams. You, know, you saw the infamous picture of the Argentinians just like giving it large as they're running past the despairing Netherlands players. It was so good. That's one of the best photos I think of the whole World Cup. Just every Brutal. single Argentinian player is looking at the Dutch players and just mocking them as they run to celebrate. And honestly, it's just glorious, mate. Just absolute pinnacle shithousery, and I'm here for it. Like, Eddie Martinez saved two penalties. Fucking amazing saves as well. And then just his little dance as well, just because he was so good. Oh, he's proper... Well, he's quite naughty, that. isn't he? Yeah, oh, he does that. this with penalty shootouts especially. Um, I didn't know that about him. He's got that little streak in him, like, gets in their head big time, and he really did well. Yeah. He even stood. It's the first time I've really seen a goalie do this. He actually stood still for the third one. He thought that they might go down the middle, so he actually did a dive for the third one. They did score it because he went to the right, but just have the balls to do that in the penalty shootout. Love that from no him. No way. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, he's, good, he's a good goalie, you know. I really yeah. like him. Little shithouse. <laughs> just, yeah. It's just <laughs> you, you want that, though? That little, like, mean streak. But yeah, anyway. I think it's a good game. And do you think Argentina can win it? I mean, I guess it's redundant because everyone can win it. Do you think they will win it? I'd like to see an Argentina-France final. I'd like to see Argentina win over France, though, for sure. I think you might get your wish, mate, to be honest. I don't know if that feels a bit dirty saying that. To be honest, like, I don't really fancy any of those teams winning it. Bring on a Morocco-Croatia final. Yeah, I, I'd like good. that, to be honest. Because it would mean a lot to them, like the first ever, first ever win. Yeah, exactly. And you know, with Croatia, it's definitely the end of the cycle for in terms of the World Cup after this one. And yeah, just Morocco. an absolute swath of resignations afterwards. Just like half the team just resigned from international mate. football. Literally, with the, the keys to the to Zagreb because <laughs> bloody deserve it, mate. And it just put your feet up, go fishing twice a week. And just have Wouldn't a nice surprise time. me if Modric becomes president of Croatia one day, or you know, he's like leader of the country one day. I think that's how much he'll be revered. If, even if he didn't win it, he still goes down as the best Croatian player ever, in my opinion. Well, hundred percent, mate. I mean, maybe there's like some icons from a long there time ago. There is. But... What's his name? Suka. You ever heard of a player called Suka? Davi yeah. Suka, yeah. Suka, so. There is one, but... Oh, I don't know, mate. Never seen him play, so... Can I comment <laughs> yeah, on true. Modric? <laughs> and from what I saw, football was pretty horrible, mate, back in the day. I know people reminisce about it, but... Yeah, I it's... fully think that if an old team from the 80s played a modern team, it the modern team would 100% win unless they were playing 80s rules. That's the only way those old teams would win. If you're allowed to kung fu kick the shit out of each other, that's the only way. 
Because technically, they're all terrible at football in comparison. But then they are using just a huge bag of coal. It's incomparable. I've talked yeah, myself out of it. It's incomparable. You have. You have. I mean, either way, he's a goat. Luka Modric, one of my favourite midfielders. So. Yeah, another one who I failed to appreciate until it was too late. Yeah, they're the best ones usually are, mate. But with that, I think we should wrap it there. I don't think we have yeah. much to discuss. Like we said, I don't know if we're going to be around for the semis. I'm sorry. But we will recap the World Cup before we go back to Prem, which starts on the 28th. Is that right? Yeah, mate. No, it starts on Boxing Day. So we'll be back around around then. Let's not make any firm commitments because it is Christmas. But we will yeah. be back. We'll be, we'll be back on the schedule. Turns out covering the World Cup is really difficult as a two-man amateur pod. And even though we brought some reinforcements, December's a hell of a tricky time to coordinate four people with mm. social lives and jobs. So, it happens, mate. It happens. But for all those loyal listeners, we appreciate you. We do. We do. And, um, yeah. It's not always going to be like this, but in hindsight, maybe it was a bit ambitious to do the World Cup in December and try to cover every single game. But, lessons learned. Lessons learned. Definitely. We move. And this one's definitely going to get uploaded. So, sweet. Nice. Well, yeah. Thanks very much, everyone. And uh, catch you, I don't know, but hopefully soon. Thank you.